Understanding the Role of Business Better, The Libertarian Perspective Narrator, Phil Richmond Happy employees lead to happy customers, which leads to more profits. Von Ost, EVP of Integrated Solutions, MarketStar is reported to have said, suggesting the role of business is to make profits, not produce happy employees. Happy employees are a necessary evil, something to put up with or arrange as a secondary requirement towards the fulfillment of what is really important. Managers have a legal obligation to make money. In this system it is a logical necessity. Managers must generate sufficient revenue to pay the bills of the company. These bills include a return on the investments of shareholders. People do not invest for any reason than to generate an income. Profits are a return on capital. Investments are sometimes referred to as having money work for you. Money does not work in any meaningful understanding of the word. It leverages value out of an asset, but it does not itself do any labor, nor does it add any value to the assets it extracts value from. It may be a crass illustration, but not all the time in the world, will add value to the money in a bank vault. Money must go out into the world. Money must prowl around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, before it will generate wealth. But there have always been those who see investing in a different, more positive light. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven, yes to eight, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whoever watches the wind will not plant, whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Few of us see the distinction between lending and capitalizing. The terms are interchangeable for business persons. One can lend a horse as easily as money. A business can be capitalized with cash or with computers. Commerce needs both equipment and liquidity. But in fact, there is a distinction buried under the power of investors. The difference matters to the purpose of a business. If a business only needs to make money, then it is legitimate to set up a business with the sole purpose of making money. The clothing company wants to make money as does the bank. But the clothing company makes money indirectly, almost as a legal requirement, as a result of the manufacture of clothing. The bank makes money. Its product and profits are the same thing. There is an inherent paradox in the structure of a business, linked to its need to make money. There are many issues that arise when starting and running a business. But at the heart of every business is a paradox that cannot be resolved. In a quote above, its writer mentions how important it is to motivate an employee. It has been said, the employee is the customer of the owner. Turn the employee into a happy customer, and he will look after the customers of the business. It does not take long to realize what an employee wants is what the business requires.
The employee first and foremost wants sovereignty. The business needs sovereign authority. Employees would like to decide his work hours, level of remuneration, benefits, and so on. Business owners want to decide all of these things. Business and employee are at loggerheads. This issue cannot be resolved within the present framework. Right or wrong, the aspirations of employees are not compatible with the position of the owner. Employees are motivated by providing them with quasi status. Employees are provided position, titles, raises, and perks. The impression is they have moved marginally closer to their overlords. No matter how many suggestion boxes and committees are provided, the reins of power remain at the top of the executive pyramid. It is in the interests of all leaders to thwart meaningful reform. Centralization is contrasted with anarchy and anarchy is equated with chaos. Leaders all admit autocracy is tyrannical, but eliminating centralized power would result in chaos. The people are happy with a small modification and some superficial element while things go on much the same. The state diverts attention from the real issues and goes about its work of siphoning wealth from the lower echelons. The pseudo-war between capitalism and the state is a fight between two co-conspirators. Pickpockets might have two accomplices distract the crowd, using a sham argument, while he fleeces the crowd. An employee is recorded as an expense of the business. Business is not even understood as a way to give people jobs, far from it. The role of business is a way to unemploy as many people as possible. If profitability is the goal of business and employees are an expense, then unemployment is a way to benefit the bottom line. Let us think about this from another angle. If the role of business was to make money, making more money would be the solution to something. But more money put into the economy is inflation. More money made by business means an increased concentration of wealth. Wealth concentrated in fewer hands means greater autocracy and tyranny. How many tyrannical governments are headed by what is to all intents and purposes, a group of monopolies headed by the nation's top official? Does Putin gaining more billions help Russia? The richest person to have lived is reputed to be Mansa Musa, 1280-1337, king of the Mali Empire. His wealth is tagged at 400 billion pounds. How well off is Mali today? Despite Mali exporting gold and salt, it is now a relatively poor nation. The richest men in the world have benefited from the pandemic, whilst smaller businesses have struggled to remain operational. It is difficult to reconcile the policy of governments with the proposition that businesses exist to make money. Is this principle consistent with the actions of small business owners? It seems to me that most small business owners operate, if not on a different premise entirely, with a more nuanced view of profitability. It is vital capitalists make profits. 
But this is not the stated aim of the business. At best profitability is a means to an end. If businesses were not started solely to make profits and profitability is more of a necessary evil than the goal of business, we cannot honestly claim that the purpose of a business is to make money. In this system of things, it appears to be a common denominator of successful businesses, but it seems a mischaracterization to claim it is the raison d'etre of business. Perhaps seeing business as a way to make money tells us more about the one doing the analysis than about the one operating the business. The doctrine of profitability demoralizes and even dehumanizes business people. Humans do not look at other humans, especially those who are making their business work, as an expense. Nor do we think of our business as a machine for generating profits. We are told that if anything enters your business plan that interferes with your profitability, you have let yourself down. By not thinking of your fellow man as a means to an end you are judged insufficient to hold the lofty position of business owner. It may be difficult to sacrifice yourself and everything to serve the bottom line of business, but anything less, and you fail capitalism and fail as an entrepreneur, and you have failed your community. What happens to the business person who does not immediately fire a worker who has become less effective with age? What happens when he or she fails to alter the components of a product because he or she feels this is not good for the customer, though it adds some costs to the bottom line? We may argue caring for the customer, the quality of one's products, and for the worker is really just a way to increase profits, as it may be. But that is not the point. The business person is not doing something solely to ensure greater profitability. More water is not being added to the mix because he or she has moral qualms about putting profits before people. That is the evil. What if business was not about profits? What if our instincts are right? What if profits were not the issue capitalist apologetic claim it to be? What if the role of business was to serve the community? What if business exists to make people into better citizens? What if business exists to humanize, civilize, and socialize? What if business was a social institution that exists to pursue a social purpose? What if, on the other hand, capitalism and communism were created to turn us into subjects? Such a scenario would mean there is a spiritual war going on. If our systems are turning us into subjects, there are two ways of seeing things. There are two perspectives. There is a way of doing business that is good, but there is also a way of doing business that is evil. These two ways are referred to elsewhere as the way of the flesh and the way of the spirit. In one way of doing business, people are viewed as a means to an end, in the other way of doing business, people are the purpose, people are the end. In the way of the spirit, business becomes a way for citizens to be better neighbors. A business is nothing more than neighbor helping neighbor spiritually mature. 
The way of the flesh and the way of the spirit means there are two types of persons, subject and citizen. There is a right and wrong and a way to divide one from the other tied to the two paths. It is wrong to make people into subjects. It is wrong for subjects to treat persons as a means to an end. When people become a means to an end they become subjects, defined as people who are enslaved to a state. People are not the means to an end, even when the end is a more powerful state. This is fascism. To think man was created to have a spiritual existence, not a flesh one, means there is a truth that can only come from God. There is a meaning to life that only God can give. Life is not without meaning. Business is not without purpose. Our life has a purpose, and that purpose is intimately tied up in the nature of business. It is through business that man fulfills his or her purpose. We are to make citizens of subjects. Citizens free subjects from the authority and regulatory power of the state. Business is the vehicle through which mankind finds his spiritual freedom from the state. Profits are not needed for this. They are not even central to the purpose of business. What is needed is a business model in which mankind finds and expresses his purpose. In and through business the creativity of man is expressed. If central governments are a hindrance to business success, capitalism models business as a dictatorship. Because of the state, making money is a good thing. It helps the state. Profitability is a good thing because of the state not because of the intrinsic merit of either money or profits. We can explain it this way. Money is not nutritious. If we need money to buy food, then money is a necessary tool. If we could get food without money, no one would use it. Money is a handy way to meter out goods and services. The value of the goods we receive compared to the value of the goods produced gives us an objective comparison of each person's account balance. It is important to know who is giving more than they get and how is getting more than they give. Without accurate accounting it is impossible to talk coherently about justice or equality. More importantly, without being able to account for costs, all talk of justice is absurd. How can a business person, focused on making ever greater profits, be expected to think about justice? This brings us to the problem of living in the spirit in contrast with living in the flesh. For those who live in the flesh, doling out a few dollars or giving people a job seems sufficient to fulfill one's charitable and social obligations. For those who live in the spirit this view of charity is minimalistic. Giving money to a charity is spiritually speaking the least we do. To be truly charitable and to fulfill one's purpose requires a business. But this version of business is not compatible with the capitalist view of business. Once more we face an incongruity and incompatibility between two different perspectives. 
To fulfill our purpose as human beings and as business people means not only that we desire to do good, but we must also organize our affairs and resources to do the best we are able. But the present structure of business and the way culture itself is organized does not permit us to fulfill our purpose through business. Yet, if we look at life, we will soon observe we cannot fulfill our destiny outside of business. Imagine I need help. This ought not be difficult to do. No doubt it is not hard for you to realize there are things you need help with. It might be no more complicated than you need a painter and I need a carpenter. You might help me, you might not. You might ask for payment, you might not. Regardless, you probably believe I will help you or someone else in due time. Regardless of the particulars of the event, the help anyone can give is limited to the resources they have, particularly time. But regardless of this fact, the reality is even with limited resources and time we each have particular skills that are rarely duplicated in our close acquaintances. Even the ability or willingness to shovel snow may be a skill in great demand among your neighbors. If just this skill was utilized by your neighbors, you might be able to build up a business over time. In a capitalist system the capacity to build up a business is hampered by the income of your neighbors. Perhaps is the risk that what is used to compensate you would be lost. In effect, spending that seems to end in consumption and not consist of an investment is avoided when possible. But what if the possibility hiring you would not create an uptick in economic activity ceased to be a concern? What if I could get my snow shoveled and so could my neighbors, and we could have this service performed without risk? At some point the reader will assume the state must exist as a regulatory force to protect the interests of all parties. This is not so. The exchange of goods and services predates the state and has always occurred. The state is only required when accounting is primitive and exchanges occur in an informal economy. People are always helping one another out. This is an informal economy. We do not always expect to be helped from those whom we help, but we expect help when we need it. We also expect those whom we help will help others. Some call this empathy, some call it being neighborly. It means we help each other as needed. It also means we expect the help we give and the help we get will balance out. Modern businesses have formalized the informal economy. Money makes it possible to estimate what our status is as regards our credits and debits. All that is needed is a way to track credit and debits accurately. Values flow in and out of our accounts. They are informal debits and credits when not recorded or tracked. The state is needed so long as the economy contains a substantial informal component. The interesting thing about economic values is that they are all man can create. We do not create assets or natural things. We think we do, but energy cannot be created or destroyed, 
it can only be transformed. Mankind adds value through the transformation process. These values are necessarily economic in nature. We own the value added, not the substance modified. The value we add and the value we consume must be recorded in a formal way if we are to have a legitimate free market. Economic value is added through a process called specialization. Very little in nature can be used as found. We are not like animals. We do not utilize assets in vitro or in situ. What we use is assets that have been, to some extent, processed. Modifying assets to make them suitable for human use does not necessarily add value to them in the economic sense, however. If we all grow corn, we are not adding economic value to the corn. Economic value does not come from the processing. Economic value generally and economic development specifically flows from specialization. This is why specialization is economically so important. If what we do cannot be distinguished from what everyone else is doing, we are not adding economic value. Adding value is as much about doing what others cannot do or doing what others can do, but doing it faster and better, as it is about what is done. It is the level of demand our work generates that determines its value. This is important to understand. If we do not have the marketing or the exposure needed to generate demand, our work will not generate the value it could had it better exposure. A union, trade association, or professional accreditation association helps you to add value to your work. Remember, it is not what you do, it is the level of demand for what you do that is important. You can get years of education or spend a lifetime on a project, but if you cannot market it, or if no one decides they want it, you will not experience economic or business success. Business people need a clear idea as to what has value to their clients, usually their friends and neighbors. There is a conversion problem, a problem as to how much work we put into a project before the business breaks even. The best indicator of this point is how willing people are to invest in the business. Neither communism nor capitalism has solved the problem of business startups. Communists can find the resources needed to start a business. Being centrally controlled the economy can transfer resources to where they are needed. The problem of communism is in evaluating the merits of a suggestion. Whatever the central group thinks is a good idea is implemented. Capitalism is not short on ideas either, but suffers the same difficulty of sorting through the chaff to arrive at an idea that will prove profitable in the long term. Yet, how important is this? It has been established that the role of a business is to create citizens. Citizens are fully engaged persons. In another sense a citizen is a business person. Citizens pay their own way. They are free persons, meaning they are free of oversight by the state. 
In short, a citizen has implemented the hallmarks of libertarianism. The citizen and the state, the state and a libertarian, and a business fulfilling its purpose and the state, are incompatible. A citizen is a person accountable for his or her costs. How can a person be said to be accountable for that which cannot be measured? Citizen exchanges is a model of business that permits accountability. Citizens as an accountable person or a person governed by cash accounting pays for value received and receives credits for any value they produce. If you shovel a driveway for a friend, you are paid for the value you created. The person who creates value you require the system of accounts that govern you to reflect the value created. If you create value, you have created a product or service and a sale that adds value to the business. This has to be recognized in the accounting of the jurisdiction one is in. Any value you create is considered a sale. It is by performing work that citizens add value to their political jurisdiction and gives you income. A business then is simply a set of accounts. Indeed, the business is defined by its accounting. The role of business is to record precisely and honestly all credits and debits. If it does not or cannot provide proper accounting for its clients and owners, it is not a legitimate business.